It's no secret. In the past, I dated a whole lineup of duds. <laughs> la, 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 so today, I'm sharing the advice I wish someone had given me when I was first entering the dating world. Hello and welcome to Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. Last week was our first ever Audi Awards, where we celebrated excellence in audacity. I shared stories from four different guys, and then I asked you to vote on who you thought was the best at being the worst. Shortly after the episode went live, someone messaged me saying, hey, it sounds like this week's episode might be interesting. It is. Tim did a great job of the edit. Why don't you send me a 15 second voice note convincing me of why I should listen to it? Uh, I'm not trying to beg anyone to listen to my show. Okay. Well, I'm listening now. Hey, this is really well done. Let me make you a deal. I'll vote on who was the most audacious if you send me sexy pictures of your feet. Speaking of audacity, what is my my life? life? Thankfully, not everyone needed spank bank content in order to vote. Close to 400 votes were collected from Instagram and Spotify over three days after the episode released. After adding everyone up, I'm not going to lie, the results came as a bit of a shock to me. I wasn't expecting it to be such a landslide. So now, announcing the winner with over half the votes, congratulations, Princess D. Audacious In case you're curious, Moneybags Bill came in second, Devin the Angry Actor in third, and Garbage Man Adam, who accused me of being an escort, came in last place. According to the DMs, lots of people said that while what Dee had done in this specific case may not have been the worst, anyone who heard the Fifty Shades of Red trilogy knew far too much about his audacity not to vote for him, and I have to say, I understand completely. I was going to reach out to Princess D to tell him about his win, but Lord knows he'd probably be expecting a first-class trip around the world or something as his prize, and unfortunately for him, bougie flights just aren't in the BLE budget just yet. So, D, if you're listening, he's not. Just know that I'll be sending a gift certificate for a high-five to the face in the mail as soon as I'm done recording. You got mail. Congratulations. Thank you to everyone who participated. It was a fun little experiment. If you like the Audis, then stay tuned because the next one is going to be dedicated to my brides with the most audacity. Wait, is she going to be talking about me? Once last week's episode aired, there were people asking me, where did you find these guys? Or how did these dudes get so much of your time? If you were wondering the same thing, then you weren't wrong. Because none of those goofballs would get five minutes of my time if I were to re-enter the dating world now. So I did some reflecting, and after careful consideration of all of my missteps, I'd like to share with you the advice that I wish someone had given me before I entered the dating world. Are you ready for this? Now I'm going to need you to log out of Bumbley, Harmony, Hinge, Tinder, OkCupid, Plenty of Fish, Coffee Meets Bagel, and Shadi.com. Give those thumbs a break because today we're going to talk about things you need to know before you start dating. start dating. Or as my mom would have called this, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Let's go. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. Now, here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. 
So as I mentioned, after the Audis, I received all kinds of DMs like, Why in the world were you giving any of these guys the time of day? Or how did you find these guys? Well, the answer is simple. I was doing everything all wrong. Since those goofballs, I've learned so much. Let me explain. The idea for this episode came to me as I was sitting down at a coffee shop with my notebook and laptop determined to get some writing done for this episode. I really wasn't sure what direction I was going to take it because right now I have a long list of fun stories and ideas that I want to share with you. So sometimes it's hard for me to choose what to do next. And this was one of those times. As I sat there, I sipped on an Americano while adding thoughts to a few episodes that I've partially written, but all of a sudden, my horrible attention span kicked in and my focus switched from my notebook to the conversation that was happening right beside me. It was two people talking. The first was a tall, slender guy with dark hair. I'd say that he was well-dressed, except that his sneakers didn't go with his outfit at all. His guest was a petite Asian woman who was overdressed for a coffee date, especially considering the guy was in dusty running shoes. Based on how they were talking, I was 90% sure it was their first date and 100% sure that it wasn't going well. I was doing my best to try and focus on my own work, but I couldn't help but notice that for 45 minutes straight, this guy went on and on about all the things his ex did to give him trust issues, resentment, and PTSD. Then if that wasn't bad enough, he went off on a tangent about all the things his ex liked in bed. Apparently, she liked it rough, and that made him feel bad afterwards. Anyways, I was impressed at how good the woman was at pretending she was interested, but now that I think of it, her back was to me, so she could have had a mortified look on her face for all I knew. I mean, maybe she was interested, like kind of how you like to slow down when you drive past a car accident, but it was far from romantic. A few times I heard her say something along the lines of, Didn't you say you had work to do tonight? (laughs) She was obviously trying to find a way out of the date, but every time she said something like that, he'd reply with, You know what? I did have work to do, but I think I can stay for five more minutes. Then five minutes turned into 10 and 10 turned into two hours. As he was rambling on, I was still trying to think of which topic I should go with for this week. This guy went on and on about himself. She and I learned all kinds of uninteresting things about the guy. Between his kids and his work, he doesn't have time for friends, but he does make time for the people that matter. He caught himself because he didn't want her to think he wouldn't have time for her, but he obviously did since this horrible date was going on for what seemed like forever. He works out five times a week, but he has to be careful of his knees. He had knee surgery, which he went into detail about, and ever since the surgery, he can't quite train as hard as he used to. He likes to play soccer, though. He joined a rec league, but then, you know, his knees, which also explains his orthopedic sneakers, or knee savers, as he called them. The entire time I sat there, I only heard him ask one question about his date. In the middle of going off about all the kinds of food he liked, he finally paused and said, You probably like Chinese food, hey? Well, she's a much better person than I am because she calmly said, I know I might look Chinese, but I'm actually Korean and no, I don't really eat Chinese food. At this point, I was thinking, oh Oh my my gosh, gosh. how can I help this woman? Do I fake a heart attack and shut down the coffee shop? What if I pull the fire alarm or spill my coffee on her so she has to leave? Mainly, I just wanted to scream, run, Run! he's not ready. That's when it came to me. Instead of asking her to help me find my lost puppy or something, I'll just do all women a favor and write an episode with advice for all women on how to avoid being in a situation exactly like hers. Because think about it for a second. 
Every hour you spend sitting in a cafe hearing about some guy's janky knees or kinky ex-girlfriend is an hour you're not spending doing something productive or getting to know your Prince Charming. But we're done with the duds, right? So keeping that in mind, here are five tips I wish somebody told me before I started dating. Number one, stay busy. Tell me if this sounds like something that's happened to you. You're out getting to know lots of guys and, you know, there's ones you like and ones you don't. One night, you're at home making dinner and your phone goes off. You go running across your living room hoping that it's the guy you like, but once again, it's the one you don't. One of the most frustrating things I found about dating, maybe you can relate, is that whenever I met someone I wasn't into, like I'm talking not giving a crap if I ever heard from him again, he'd never leave me alone. But whenever I met someone I was really into, I'd never hear from him again. It was so confusing. I remember asking myself, what's the deal? Is this some some cruel cruel joke? joke? Well, here's the thing. Men can smell desperation from a million miles away. And it's not sexy. I remember being in my thirsty era. I wouldn't make any plans all week because I was afraid that the man of the minute might want to see me and I wouldn't be free. Can you imagine that? Putting all of your life plans on hold for someone you might only ever meet once? Of course, I was probably also answering the phone on the first ring whenever he'd call, texting back immediately and saying yes to any and every invitation. I was doing everything all wrong. From a man's perspective, it looked like I had no social life, no goals, no ambition, no other friendships, and no other dates. But he wants to believe that he's met a woman of value who's wanted by the people around her, not a blob who sits in her cave waiting for him to tell her what to do with her day. It's just not a good look. Let me tell you about a friend of mine. I'm going to call her Kate. She's beautiful, successful, and fun. I wasn't sure what the problem was because I knew that she was dating a lot and really wanted to be in a relationship. She was on all the dating apps, but nothing seemed to be working. She was single for a really long time. One day, we had a little chat about her love life, and she told me that she really wanted a relationship because she was desperate to have a baby. She was nervous that her internal clock was ticking and that soon she'd run out of time and miss her window of opportunity. Suddenly, everything made sense to me. Knowing that men see desperation as unsexy, could you see why she was having a hard time finding someone? Her desperation was at level 5,000. She wasn't just on the prowl for snuggles or a night out on the town. She wanted seed. (laughs) And sure, there might be someone out there who wants a family too, but can you only imagine how scary that would be for the average guy or how overly accommodating and thirsty she probably came across trying to get anyone to give her a baby? Run! Run. I'd like to recommend being too busy to reply right away. And no, this isn't about playing games. It's about actually filling your life with other meaningful things so that you're not hanging on every single text. You need to be living your life, doing all the things, making all the plans. And if he wants to be relevant in your life, he'll schedule ahead. Don't rearrange your life to meet with anyone. If you already had plans with a friend, then tell him, sorry, you need to pick another day. A good man with value wants a woman with ambitions and a social life. You're not doing yourself any favors by being overly available. So again, stay busy. Number two, 
stop cheering for people's potential. One thing I've learned throughout my dating career is that the thing you're most concerned about at the very beginning of a relationship often ends up being the reason it comes to an end. Try it for a second. Think about your last relationship. I'm sure you remember why it ended, right? Now, think back to when you first met. Were there any signs of this same issue at the start? If I take my second marriage as an example, my ex and I couldn't agree on having kids because he didn't want to stop partying long enough for me to feel secure. Now, when I rewind to the first month that we met, I remember seeing how much he partied and asking myself, club life is really important to him. Is he even ready for a relationship? I saw the red flag right from the very start. I should have known. So my advice is when you meet someone, you need to like who they are in that moment at face value and assume that's how they're going to stay. If you have to squint really hard to see the positives in a guy or if you have to play make believe like maybe one day he'll be inspired to work harder or do more, take better care of himself or show me more affection, then no, no. Assume he's going to stay exactly the same and use that as your frame of reference when deciding if you want to steal his sweater or not. Some women, like me, love to find a project. We'll meet a guy and think, ah, he's cute, but I'll probably be able to change the way he dresses or I'll inspire him to do better in his career or I'll make him want to be cleaner or more romantic, but (laughs) that's usually not the case. Who he is, how he is, when you meet him is most likely the way he's always going to be. So keep that in mind. I should probably mention this also depends on age. I do remember being in my early 20s and having time and patience to wait for someone to catch up with me. But in your 30s, 40s, if someone's not on the same level as you, if they're not where you need them to be, then you got to keep it moving because chances are where they are is where they're going to stay. So number two, don't cheer for anyone's potential. Take them exactly as they are at face value. Number three, let him show you. One of the most frustrating things about being out in the dating world is trying to figure out who's actually into you and who isn't. But the funny thing is, it's not that complicated at all. We just like to make it complicated. We'll check horoscopes, read into their text messages, and ask our friends when really all we need to do is sit back and watch. Pay attention. If you're important to someone, he'll show you. Sometimes we'll try to manage our own disappointments by making it really easy for a guy to succeed. We want to avoid getting hurt so badly that we'll make it easy for him to get it right. So for example, you've been counting down the days till your date with McDreamy, right? You've got your nails done and figured out what you want to wear and suddenly a wave of concern washes over you. What if he cancels last minute? So you pick up your phone and you make what I think is a major dating mistake. You send that text message saying, Hey, are we still on for Thursday? Don't do that. If a date is important to him, if he's really looking forward to seeing you, he'll be there. Besides, you're too busy being awesome to worry about reminding him. If anything, he should be reminding you. Have you ever gone bowling before? You know how you can play with a regular alley or you can ask to have the bumpers put up so that the ball never goes in the gutter? Sending those reminder texts is like putting the bumpers up. You're making it really easy for him to get a strike, but you want him to be focused and skilled to actually try, not just carelessly chuck the ball in the right direction. So take the bumpers down. Let him show you he cares. Just like he wouldn't forget a playoff game, poker night with his friends, or the finale of Game of Thrones, he will remember and be prepared for your date if he cares. 
So instead of sending that can't wait to see you tomorrow text, go for a jog, put on a hydrating face mask, focus on you. If he forgets, then great. You know exactly where you stand and you don't have to wonder how he feels. Like I said, you just have to sit back and let him show you. Another thing lots of women get wrong is that we fall for breadcrumbing. Have you ever heard of this before? It's basically when someone strings you along to keep you as an option, but without any real plans to make you relevant. It's periodic messages that someone will send to make you believe that a relationship might be in the cards, but it's most likely not. I'm sure we've all met that guy who stays checking in, saying things like, hey, we should go out sometime, but never actually makes a date. He's giving you crumbs. Someone who's really into you would ask, when's the soonest we can see each other? Or tell me when you're free and I'll plan something fun. Or when's a good night for me to take you out for dinner? If he's not actually scheduling time to see you, he's showing you that he's not that into you. We need to stop saving space in our hearts and minds for guys who are maybes. You want a sure thing. Someone who sees you and says that one. So if he's not putting the effort in, if his actions don't match his words, or he's constantly rescheduling and letting you down, he's showing you how he feels. Believe him. This also applies to communication. If he's regularly leaving you on red for days on end with the excuse, sorry, I've been busy, remind yourself that most people have their phones on them at all times. And a man who's trying to make sure you're relevant will literally send a text message in the most awkward or inconvenient moments. I mean, most guys play on their phones while they poop. So if you go three days without hearing from him, then that means he wasn't even thinking of you when he had nothing else to do. No, no response, response is, is a, a response. response. The response is, I don't care that much. So pay attention, my friend. Number four, don't be afraid to express what you like and don't like. This sounds simple, but it's something that a lot of women don't do, specifically in the very beginning. And I used to be terrible at it. Sometimes we start off relationships by trying to be so agreeable that we'll overlook almost anything. He sells drugs for a living? Oh, an entrepreneurial spirit. He's been a smoker for 10 years. Wow, someone who doesn't quit. He's got bodies buried in the backyard. My man's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's sexy and rugged. <laughs> don't get me wrong. There are some women who are so good at saying what they like and don't like. But others of us, usually at times when we're unhealed and maybe a little bit too desperate for love, We'll make excuses for bad behavior and accept less than what we're looking for because we're maybe a little too excited at the prospect of finding a partner. This is the time to say that things matter. Speak up when you don't like something, express what's important to you, and be bold about who you really are and what you're looking for. It's okay to make a guy jump through hoops. Most of them prefer it, actually. They like to feel like they've earned you and they're highly motivated in the beginning. Making a guy do things to earn access to you not only helps him to feel like he's worked towards something, but it also helps him to feel like he has access to someone that other people don't. If you're easy to get, a man will assume that anyone could get you easily and your perceived level of value goes down. And keep in mind, anything that you're willing to accept now you're going to have a very hard time changing later because someone can always go back and say, I did this when you met me and you didn't have a problem with it. So speak up, say what you want, say what your expectations are and let him rise to the occasion. Okay, we've got to the last one. And in my opinion, the most important, 
Finally, keep your heartbreaks to yourself. This is a thing that I did horribly wrong. And looking back, I'm almost embarrassed by it. Do not, and I repeat, do not share your stories of all the ways your ex did you dirty, especially in the beginning. Maybe you think it's an interesting story, or maybe you want him to know what you've been through, but it's not cute, honey. You want a man to be smitten by you, and this is going to have the absolute opposite effect. Trust me. When you first had your heart broken, the injury is so close to the surface of the skin. In fact, sometimes it feels like it's big and bleeding and right on your face. So you identify as the person with the wound, and that was me. Whenever I'd meet someone, it was the first thing that they'd find out about me. Hi, my name is Jaina, and my ex loved me the day I lost her baby. That was pretty much our first conversation. Isn't that sexy? (laughs) I hear this kind of stuff all the time. You meet someone, and you feel like you're supposed to be sharing your life story, so you say it all. But everything doesn't need to be said. In fact, everything shouldn't be said. When we draw attention to our giant wounds, the person we're talking to isn't learning what makes us great. He's not learning about how strong and confident or wise we are. He's learning that we let other people treat us like shit. And even worse, he feels sorry for us. You don't want a man to see you as a wounded bird. You don't want a man to pity you. Pity is not sexy at all. You want him to adore you, to worship you, see you as this incredible, untouchable goddess. So how do you think it looks when on the first date you come right out the gates talking about how horrible everyone else you've ever dated has treated you? But Jaina, we're trying to get to know each other. Of course, it's okay to say something like, My last relationship ended five months ago. It was best for both of us to go our separate ways. Or, We learned all we needed to learn from each other and knew it was time to move on. But to say, He was mentally abusive and cheated on me three times is super unnecessary and not going to help you at all. Now imagine for a second that you were out trying to buy a car and the salesman simply said, This vehicle has 80,000 kilometers on it. Compared to this one? Oh yeah, this one right here was owned by an old Italian man. (laughs) He rode the brakes, uh, didn't really believe in regular maintenance. It's only had uh, three oil changes. (laughs) His grandson regularly pissed in the back seat, but she's a beauty. (laughs) Suddenly, instead of being excited about getting a new car, all you're thinking is, oh my god, now I'm taking on someone else's problem? (sighs) How long is it going to take for me to undo all this damage? Unfortunately, that's exactly what your date could be thinking, sitting across from the table, hearing all the ways that people have mistreated you. You don't want someone feeling like you don't need a boyfriend. You need a therapist. That's just not cute. And I should mention that once you've gone to therapy or spent enough time healing, you actually won't bring these things up because they won't be at the surface of your skin. Like I said, when I was dating and still hurt and not healed yet, I brought up my pain all the time. And now it's so far in the rearview mirror, I don't bring it up at all. I mean, unless somebody asks specifically or it just happened to come up in conversation months later. It's just not as relevant anymore. If you want to share your life story, that's fine, but give the Coles notes when it comes to your heartbreak and instead use the time you saved to share all about the wins you've had, your exciting life journey and the really great relationships you have with your friends and family. Otherwise, you run the risk of looking like the guy that I talked about in the beginning of the episode, sitting in the cafe, talking nonstop about his ex instead of 
getting to know the beautiful woman who was sitting right in front of him. Don't be that guy. So to summarize, stay busy. Be too preoccupied with being amazing to plan your every move around a date. Stop cheering for people's potential. Assume that how he is the day you meet him is how he's going to stay. Let him show you. Don't make it easy for him to win. Sit back and he'll show you how relevant you are in his life. Say what matters to you. This is your time to speak up. And lastly, keep your broken heart stories to yourself. At least in the beginning anyways. Of course, it's impossible to predict if someone's going to be a good fit or not. But if you follow this advice, you'll increase your chances of meeting someone who cares enough to plan ahead, shows you that you matter to him, is real about who he is, and sees you for the beautiful, confident, and unique person that you are. And that's a pretty great start if you ask me. Hopefully this advice helps because the last thing I want is for you to be out wasting your time on horrible dates while the people around you try to plot ways to help you escape. If you found this helpful or you know someone else who you think could use this advice, could you pretty please share this episode with them? I hear every time you do, a fire alarm goes off in a cafe and a very bored date goes, It's true. (laughs) Thanks again for pressing play this week. Until next time, please go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go